right, we're going to start your exam now. You might feel a little pressure. Okay. Oh, what's that? Hmm. It looks like Frogger advanced. Now let's keep moving. Doctor? Oh, that's fine, nurse. That's just Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Now, moving along. Yeah. Hey, is that Spider-Man? Game Boy Advance. More games. More fun. Ready for everyone. Have you seen my shorts? Welcome to Connectivity 197. With me today is Adam Abunasser. Um, it's curvy Adam Abunasser. <laughs> okay. And Carmine Red. I see Pycross puzzles. Everywhere. <laughs> You've been playing Pokemon Picross? Picross? I think it's Picross. Oh, I always pronounce everything wrong. And then it gets stuck. I still call Chocobo's Coconuts. Ah. I used to call um, Chow's KOs. <laughs> Wait, are they not KOs? Sonic. Like Chaos Emeralds? <coughs> no, they're called Chow. Hmm. I think I've called them KOs. No, the little, like, furry guys that you Yeah, raising. yeah. Yeah. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about the Game Boy Advance. Uh, a little bit about, you know, the history and our experiences with it. Just a a chat about the GBA, but first uh, we'll jump into whatever we've been up to. So, Adam, what's new? Um, I haven't really been playing much. Um, last episode, I think I was playing the game about the astronaut in space that you like text yeah. on my phone, uh, and it turns out that there's you also um you're also playing the smoking game. Did you quit smoking yet? Oh yeah, Stop I quit smoking. I quit the smoking game. I quit playing the <laughs> smoking game. <laughs> um, but there's actually a sequel to uh, the Astronaut game that picks up like right after that. And I was really excited when I found it. They were like, it's a dollar. And I was like, all right, fine. You can have my dollar. You deserve it. Uh, <laughs> I played through that. And I'm like kind of depressed now because it's gone. You know, my astronaut friend. Did is... he die? Did Did he die? Yeah, it's weird. At the ending, it said, like, you got the best ending. He died. This is the beginning of his adventures. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? And it, what? I'm yeah. confused. It was really weird. He was just, is like, this going to get all metaphysical? Yeah, he's Did he die by entering, like, the fourth dimension and go all interstellar Christopher Nolan on you? Yes. I mean, spoilers, yes. <laughs> um, but then it said, like, then it said, like, you can keep in touch with him by giving us your email address. And it's supposed to be like signing up for their newsletter. So I gave him the email and he was okay. like, you should have an email from me now. And I went and checked my email and there was no email. And I still haven't gotten an email from this company. So I'm like really sad. This is they messed told up. Me, they sent this me an email but they this... just killed him off. It's playing with your emotions. It is. It's it's hurtful. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh, I think that's all I've been playing. Um, I've been researching the new Barbies. The, so that's been taking up a lot of my time. So I'm not really like a big Barbie fan, but I uh, I might buy a Barbie. Um, also, I you have need to buy all of the Barbies. Buy all the Barbies, every single one. Uh, I guess yeah, all the new this ones. is this I is guess... the time to get started. It's like Amiibo. If you can get in on day one, then I'm... you ha- then you can actually justify keeping it up forever and ever. Getting the time. If yeah. you if you get in in year fifty seven, then you can catch up. But no, I found out that there was a Barbie <laughs> in the 90s, teen Barbie, and when you pushed her button, she goes, math is hard, and things like that. Like, let's go shopping. Oh, wow. I know, I'm learning a lot about just, Barbie. 
just like Malibu Stacy. Wow. Yeah, yeah, just like Malibu Stacy. I sometimes Simpsons is amazing. It's like I can't believe that's not real. They're just goofing it, and then you're like, oh wow, that's actually what it says. Oh, oh, there's actually a new Barbie, kind of like a game Barbie, um, called Hello Barbie, and it it hooks up to Wi-Fi, and then you hold a button on it to talk to it, and then it gets sent off to servers somewhere in the world, and then comes up with a response and sends it back. And then based on your responses and the responses of all the other children in the world, it, like, they add new stuff into the database. Like, the example I read was if a lot of little girls were talking about Taylor Swift, then they would program in things for Barbie to say about Taylor Swift. And that came out around, like, Christmas time, and I think that's really weird. Wow. That there's, like, Barbie Siri out there, like, talking to children. Yeah, I know. People think Apple's making a... A car. They're actually making a Barbie. Yep, yep. That's what their secret department's probably working on. And they're making a Barbie. Uh, I wonder what body shape she'll have, though, because now there are four different body shapes. But about that, there's there's uh, the original one, then there's tall, petite, and curvy. And what makes me really angry is that Barbie is already really tall. And they made an even taller, skinny Barbie, which didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, I guess I haven't been playing many games. Hmm. You need to, you know, go back into the, the backlog and play like Barbie's figure skating and stuff like that. Uh, actually, to... there are some really good Barbie detective games for computers. Oh, really? Yeah. And Are they I like a played... uh, hidden object or like actual point and click puzzles? They're point-and-click adventures, and we had the first one when we were kids, and we played it all the time. And every time you played, it was someone different who stole like, the money. And uh, a couple years ago for Christmas, my sister found the second one online and, and got it for me. And I never ended up playing it, but I'm uh, thinking about live-streaming it. <laughs> dude, dude, point-and-click adventure games are always... I just love the genre so much. I, I will watch that live stream. You're gonna watch. Anyone my... remember Fatty Bear's birthday surprise? No. 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 Well, that is a great point-and-click adventure game. Okay, never mind. Um, I also <laughs> have the Blues Clues point-and-click adventure, Blues Birthday Adventure, and it's actually massive. It's like four discs or something. So. Dang. I'm like, I know it's huge. You know, Blues Clues had money back in the '90s, so it's like. Was a... that like? Is that like FMV or something? How do you justify four CDs? Yeah, it's 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 like I think it's it's like video. Like it looks like the yeah, episode and I mean, then you that's... click and it plays like So it's pretty high quality. Okay. Because that's like Wing Commander size of size of game. <laughs> yeah, so those are the games I'm going to play, so you'll you'll hear more about those soon. <laughs> that's good. Uh looking forward to more uh Barbie coverage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they need to bring back the the cupcake dolls. Do you remember those things? No. Yeah, they're like dolls that turn into cupcakes, but like I under these sort of remember they that. smelled like cupcakes. And what? It was like really could smell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. my sister had one. Yeah, anyway, you go looking on YouTube for that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the skirts were like the, the sides of like a cupcake, um, you know, oh. like the paper. It was like that sort of stuff. But yeah, I, they were centered. I can sort of picture them back. <laughs> It'll probably come back to me as I lose an hour of my life on YouTube. <laughs> There's probably a, a fan base collecting them somewhere. Anyway, uh, Carmine, um, you wanted to talk a bit about um, uh, the whole Fire Emblem thing, right? Well, I just... Um... It's actually really interesting. I mean, like, it's sort of like Nintendo's in a damned if you do, damned if you don't <laughs> with Fire mm-hmm. Emblem, aren't they? I mean, either they leave it in, they leave this stuff in, they leave the So, like, uh, for example, there's this conversation where it's, he- where, where it can be read as, like, uh, gay conversion therapy and, like, roofing somebody or adding something to their drink, adding a, uh, an, chemical or something, a potion into their drink, 
without them knowing, which is, um, yeah, basically moving another character, and that being, like, a part of the storyline, and, uh, that's not there anymore in the American version or the European version, and on the one hand, it's sort of like, yeah, that, that, I don't, even if that is, is, and then there, you know, some people, there, you can say that maybe, oh, it's just overblown and it's not actually that, but I feel like it's just dangerous to even approach that. And then there's, you, and then it's like, okay, so America, so Nintendo of America's removed that. And then, uh, is that good? Is that bad? How do you feel about it? Everyone has different feelings. I'm pretty sure that Nintendo of America's lawyers have very clear feelings and, 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 PR and marketing people have very clear feelings on whether that's a good or a bad thing, though. Yeah, because um, I rem- do remember it wasn't like because like that was like the the initial sort of evaluation of that scene was actually not quite. It's not quite as bad as what people originally thought. Right? Well, I it mean, slightly the, less. It's um, we can argue about like yeah, we could argue that degree point, and interpretation, but yeah. the fact that we're arguing it means we're mm. probably getting into a dangerous place. It seemed it seemed obvious that Nintendo was going to do that back when that whole thing first came out anyway. I mean, I don't know. It, it, was, it, it wasn't really surprising to me when I read, like, they're going to take that out. I was like, oh, yeah, well, I saw that coming. It's, so. it's, it's pretty defensible. I don't know. I feel like it's a pretty defensible action. And then they also took out, like, a petting minigame. The, uh, it turns yeah, into like sort thing. of Senran face touching. Yeah, you, it's a face touching. Is that really thing. like you see another character there and you just like on the DS caress their face or something? Yep, that is the whole mini game, and it What's... um like levels up your like affinity between each other. Oh, okay. Hmm. But it's, so it's not as bad as as some of the other DS. <laughs> 3DS games out there, though. No, Which it's... are, like, full-body I don't know if it's full-body. I think it's just, like, shoulders up. Like, face-touching. So, like, you just pat their heads and you become more better friends with them. You're like, that's good. Yeah, but you pat their head for, like, ten <laughs> minutes and then you get S-rank and you get married. I think. <laughs> I think that's how it goes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know that's, that's, how, that's uh... how it works in real life. Yeah, that's how it works. It's definitely how it works. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. That 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 one seems a little more harmless, really. I mean, they probably could have gotten away. It's with harmless that, but... until like, until like, like you start getting like blowback from like parents and interest groups, and and uh, it starts mm-hmm. becoming a bigger thing, isn't it? Do you well, think I, like Fire I, Emblem is? A popular enough series for that to even register on the radar of that that sort of on that sort of scale. Like, um, aside from like gamers sort of commenting it's, it's on it, it's going to come out. You can't you can't hide anything these days. And and if someone's you know sitting down and researching this stuff, they're going to find that. You know, it's not like the Fire Emblem is some niche product. Nintendo's pushing it. Nintendo's pushing it hard. Mm. Was it? Was it like both genders you did that mini game with, or was it just like females only or something? No, I think it was everyone in your party. Like that's how you raise oh, okay. your affinity. And Nick, have you mm. ever played like Fire Emblem? No, I've never really played them before. Okay, well, if you have high affinity with someone and they're standing near you and you get hit, then they'll fight with you. Mm. Like they'll. So it's kind of nice to have. Like, someone counter for you when they're out on the field. And the only way to build affinity normally is to stand next to each other during battles. And then, like, you can talk afterwards and watch, like, little conversations. Yeah. And it's kind of so, like, a lengthy process. They're going to have to replace it with something, though. They can't just cut it. Yeah, and, that's, um... the, that's the question. Because it sounds like this is a boost to that system. Because it sounds like it's sort of tough to play the game and have to obsess about grouping your characters in sort of yeah. ways. But, uh, so they haven't announced what they've replaced that with then. They've just said they've cut that minigame. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do anything. I don't know if they're going to Maybe gonna they're just going to rework it slightly or something. Um, 
surely it's that I couldn't see them doing like doing a massive overhaul of like and changing something or like I don't know I don't even know how you would replace it <clears throat> you like just like a menu based system or something I don't know yeah so where do you guys like what what do you guys feel about it like is this is this a good thing is it a bad thing is it sent like where do you fall in like the degree of censorship or mm. whether it's admirable or not or what you the know, fact that Nintendo is like removing it they've like they've obviously you know removed it because they're yeah, afraid of afraid of the reaction that something could cause um so i don't I know i mean if like, you were nintendo would you have removed it if i was yeah oh, if i were nintendo i wouldn't yeah probably because put it you, in the you, japanese version probably would <laughs> or at least you at least adapt it uh differently like obviously they're just going to change the the way the like the conversation could unfold right or just replace it with a new conversation, like uh, a new sort of scenario. Um, I think that probably what they did, they rewrote the conversation yeah. to not have that scenario of, by the um, way, I slipped something in your drink and now you are attracted yeah. to a, a different gender. I mean, like, video games have been, like, the, the localization scripts have had changes before that over the years like mm-hmm. there's never a one-to-one um translation for games like we never get like a literal a literal like trans like translation it's always adapted um so it's not really anything new it's just i guess you know like censorship isn't great but still like, i mean well you can't get so like upset about this sort of stuff, really, can't you? I mean, yeah. you can understand why they did it. Yeah, I feel like I mean, I was thinking about it, and I feel like you know, there's there's no laws against self censorship, and Nintendo is the author of this. It mm. says at the end of Nintendo game, Nintendo is the author. Software for purposes of blah blah blah. So I mean, if anyone has a right to, to change it, they do. Um, and just because you can say something, maybe doesn't necessarily mean you should. I think, uh, I don't know, maybe discretion is the better part of valor in this case. I'm like, you could go out there and make a statement for free speech and, you know, argue that anything goes in, in media, but at the same time, is this the one you want to fight your battle over? Mm. About something that's this, this, uh, uncomfortable it's a touchy touchy sort of subject really yeah like what do you guys think about like um just because something is like bad or you could be like construed as bad like where do we draw the line between what a character is doing and what the intentions of like the author is trying to say like you could write a really despicable character but like you don't actually have those like viewpoints obviously you just wanted to write like a bad scenario to a character or something like where do you go between writing just like a scenario or a character that is doing unfavorable things um to like you know people like to connect meaning directly to like the people writing it a lot more these days i think um maybe it's in the way you, you handle the writing but um well i but, think i think hmm. with video games it's actually I think that morality in video games comes from the game mechanics. So Mm. it's a question of, you can choose good or bad in like some games, but if choosing bad makes you more successful at playing the game, the morality of the game is rewarding you for doing bad things. So if you play games that require you to be a criminal, the morality of the game is, is, you know, on the side of taking illegal actions. You know, so I Mm. feel like you can you can say, oh, I'm writing this character, and it's just this character. And, you know, that's obviously not a good thing. But if the game is rewarding you for doing it, like in this case, you want to see these relationships play out. The game is rewarding you with content. The game is rewarding you with more, with uh, stronger power for spending 10 minutes, you know, handling somebody, mm. whether or not they wanted it or not. Um, that's the morality of the game, no matter how you wrote it, that, the real writing of the game is in the mechanics. But in in this Fire Emblem and the last one, uh, 
I'm not 100% sure, so, like, I'm, I'm only, like, following this stuff sort of from the outside, but you're, like, you're, the player is mainly an observer, right? You're not actually, like, meant to be, like, identify with them. Like, you're not, like, a particular character. You're sort of, like, just the... You're watching it unfold, right? That's the way it's set up. So, the storyline and stuff. I don't know. I thought that this this Fire Emblem, because you can... Because the main character is more of a cipher and you can choose your gender, you're supposed mm. to identify with them more. And you're supposed right. to... And it places you more in this form of, I am doing this. And especially with, like, a touchscreen and, and a point of view looking at another character and tapping on them. Mm to increase their affection. I don't know. That, that sounds like you're invited to step in the shoes. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyway, well, I just mean, thought I'd throw that little question in because it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can see cases where you have characters like things, but it's harder to argue that in the case where you have, like, cipher characters or something. Mm. Or stuff like that. When yeah. when you are in a more cinematic role, like something in Trauma Center, where every character is so clearly defined, and you're jumping back and forth between main characters, and they each have very different viewpoints, then maybe you could argue that you're just watching something unfold, mm. and then you see what happens to the characters, good or bad, and judge on that. But I think uh, I I doubt that Fire Emblem has as much of that uh, defense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think that we're ready for, like, complex characters in gaming, you know? Because the the main point is supposed to be entertainment and, like, interactivity. It's not supposed to be, like, really thought-provoking. Like, every once in a while you'll get something that they're like, whoa. Um, but I think it's really important for things to be really black and white still. You know, the good guys are heroic and just. And if they do anything wrong, they were tricked. Um, or they're like, you know, an anti-hero of their own story, like, they're running really fast, and they have guns, but it's only because, like, uh, they killed Marie or whatever, um, it's Shadow, the Hedgehog. Yeah, I, I agree, generally. I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of developers who haven't figured out how to do that, partially because it's an entertainment medium. I think, uh, it reminds me when, like, art, video games as art was a big thing, and I think Miyamoto was quoted as saying, we're not, that Nintendo wasn't making art, they were making, like, you know, they were making, and, and I think when he explained his stance, it, my reading was that they were making an, and they were making a, a product for entertainment. And art yeah. is different. So if you're making art, if you're setting out to make a game not to make money, but to actually explore these things, then by all means I think it makes sense. But if you're set, going out there to make money, and appeal to an audience, or if that's your main purpose and you're trying to do both, then maybe, then then it becomes a different, then you're actually making something different from uh, something that's trying to, that, that maybe might, that something that might be less equipped to handle complex issues. And mm. I mean, trauma, I, I felt really weird, again, going back to trauma, trauma center, I think there was a game where somebody touches on, like, euthanasia in trauma center, on the, yeah. on one of the DS games, and I just got weirded out. I was like, "Wow, um, I feel uncomfortable because this is a this is a very political topic, and I'm being told by the game what is right and wrong." You know, um, so you, and, it wasn't like you had like a choice in that. No, scenario. because again, I was I was watching something play out, and I yeah, was watching yeah. the characters to mm -hmm. say, "Oh, I thought this, but now I think this." And the characters mm -hmm. say, "No, you can't." You can't think that because this is the way it is. That yeah. was just weird. And I don't think games have gotten a lot. Of, I don't think a lot of games have the the mechanics or the verbs or the ways that they can move as an interactive medium that can really communicate something. And I bet there are games out there that do. Again, more of the art games, but um, mainstream games probably don't have all the tools they need to do that. It also doesn't help when like games. Um, I guess games a game script might be written by like multiple people instead of like a singular author usually. Um, like different people could be writing different segments of the game, so it might, you know, different tone and stuff could interfere with messaging or 
the oh, way yeah. it unfolds. So, um, maybe so like smaller like indie games, probably, you know, we're gonna see that sort of like more sort of complex stuff in story story wise go forward at a faster rate, just simply because the teams are so much smaller and they might only have like one guy doing the story or something. And therefore, they can have a more consistent handling of the topic. Yeah, yeah. Has anyone played Undertale? No, I haven't. No. Yeah, I've not played that either. But I think that's supposed to do all the things that we were talking about. Yeah, I've heard that people are saying the story is good on that, but I haven't looked into it. Well, I know that every enemy you can either kill them or befriend them. Oh, and like one. Yeah, it it affects like the world and the characters and the story and stuff. Um, so I think that is kind of what we're talking about, but, you know, that's, I think it's mostly, like, made by one guy, which is not what, like, a giant yeah. uh, game maker can really match. Ironically. Yeah. Ironically, one person, a single snub fighter can blow up the Death Star, and the fleet cannot. Um, but, um, I don't know, that, to me, this just emphasize the importance of indie developers again, because they, they can explore these things and do it, you know, with much more focus and maybe out of the public's eye where they don't have to have a giant target on their back, like like Nintendo or Konami or Electronic Arts would, you know? Mm, yeah. It, it isn't like this giant statement by a, a multi-million dollar media conglomerate that everyone's keenly watching and ready to pounce on. It's someone who's like an individual making a statement or like three individuals making a statement and somehow that's a lot less threatening when they when it's coming from a small group instead of a, a, a multinational corporation. Yeah. Okay, so we might move on to the main topic so we'll take a short break and be back with a chat about the Game Boy Advance. Attention shoppers! We don't like you! We like your money, but not you. If you find us to be rude, selfish, and greedy, thank you. Enjoy your shopping. Not fire, not ice, not even a bumblebee can impede the greed in Wario Land 4, only for Game Boy Advance. Ready for everyone. Hey everyone, it's Nick here. Unfortunately, um, we had some issues with the recording of our Game Boy Advance segment. Uh, my audio track, for some reason, was uh, dropping in and out, so uh, sentences uh, got uh, mushed together, uh, mostly. So my audio was almost uh, unusable, really, uh, except for, you know, it had stretches where it was okay. Uh, it made it difficult to try and salvage... Uh, just conversation between uh, Carmine and Adam, so I opted for a sort of um, patchwork-like solution. So I've taken bits and pieces from from the overall conversation that are, are mostly uh, seemed intact. Um, there is a couple of uh, stretches of my audio where it does jump around a little bit, but I think that the it is easy enough to still understand what I was saying, even if it has skipped over a little tiny bit here and there. Um, so I might just go over a little bit about the Game Boy Advance um, just here right now um, uh, before we jump into the the main sort of uh, recreation of the segment. Um, so yeah, the Game Boy Advance, you know, it came out in um, Japan on March 21, 2001. Uh, June 11, 2001 in North America, and June 22 in Australia and Europe. Um, so yeah, the Game Boy Advance also, we also spoke about about how um, there was a whole bunch of accessories and things for the Game Boy Advance. I don't think most of the conversation made it into the segment, but uh, we did discuss things such as the Game Boy Player, um, the PlayYan device, which play the PlayYan was an MP3 and MP4 player for the Game Boy Advance. It was a cartridge that was basically a little bit bigger than a GBA cartridge, and it included a headphone jack and an SD card slot. Uh, people could throw on music or you know um, encode their own videos for playback on it. Uh, surprisingly, it did uh, actually come out 
outside of Japan in uh, 2006 in Europe, but for some reason they pulled the uh, MPEG-4 functionality, uh, which is kind of weird. Um, another thing that we did discuss was the e-reader. Um, I was also surprised to learn that about uh, recently that the e-reader never came out in Europe, but it did definitely come out here in Australia. Um, I did buy one, but I never really got into buying the cards. It was probably because you know, I didn't really have much money at the time, and I didn't actually own like Super Mario Advance 4 or some of the, the more um, games that supported it more. And um, I wasn't, like, I did play Animal Crossing, but I never really decided to jump into um, doing the card thing on Animal Crossing for GameCube. Uh, we also did discuss how, um, I'm pretty sure that during the, uh, like, later on, after the e-reader was well put in the past, um, there was, like, sites online that allowed people to try and download the codes or even do homebrew stuff, which is kind of cool. I might, you know, have to look into that a bit more, but um, that that that's, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, another thing that we did discuss also was the Game Boy Advance video cartridges. Now, it wasn't, like, a ton of these released, I don't think, but... Uh, they're basically just cartridges with episodes of cartoons on them, um, encoded with a lot in a like a low resolution. Um, one of the cooler things about it though was how there were actually full-length movies released for this cartridge. These cartridges, um, Shrek, Shrek Two, and Shark Tale. Um, now I haven't actually seen these in um, in action. Uh, but it is kind of impressive that they were able to cram full-length movies onto a Game Boy Advance cartridge, even if the encoding and resolution was pretty small. On the unofficial side of things, um, we also discussed things like the Afterburner um, internal front lighting system for the original Game Boy Advance. This was before the SP had come out. I did want one of these uh, at the time, but being a younger teenager, I wasn't really able to... Uh, buy the stuff online, or even if I had, I probably wouldn't have been able to install it myself. Um, so yeah. Anyway, those are just some of the other things that we did touch on. Uh, just quickly thinking, you know, going over some of those stuff just then, just so to fill in a bit of the gaps at what we did discuss. Hopefully, we'll be able to do a proper, like a we'll redo a Game Boy Advance segment in the future, maybe in a few months time once we're sort of feeling like we can jump back into it and not feel like you know we're going to re-record something and uh, it won't turn out quite as well um so yeah look forward to that in the future and uh i hope you get something out of this stitch together segment and we'll be back in two weeks with a segment all about pokemon red blue and yellow uh if we would like some some comments about you know, the Game Boy Advance or even the uh, Pokemon games. So if you want to send us uh, an email at connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com or uh, catch us on Twitter, which is at connectivitynwr, uh, we'll try and include some comments or questions about uh, yeah, the Game Boy Advance or the original Generation 1 Pokemon games. So thanks again and see you in a couple of weeks. And we're back. Now we're going to talk about the GBA, so um, let's just jump straight into it. The Game Boy Advance came out in March uh, 2001 in Japan, June 2001 in North America, and also June in uh, PAL land. I'm guessing that it was around the time it came out in Australia. Um, I picked it up pretty early on, I think. Um, it was... I think I, yeah, I had a bunch of money from like my birthday and stuff, and I only just had enough to buy the hardware, and so I just bought the hardware and was playing like Pokemon Silver on it. <laughs> um, and it was sort of like, oh, it's so cool, I can make the screen stretched or, and not stretched. <laughs> what did you, did you guys pick it up early on, or was it sort of like later, like once the SP had hit or something? No, I, I got it. Yeah, it was pretty early. The- um, I like sort of tricked my family into buying it for me where 
I would like, I had a bunch of games and I would rent them to my sisters for like an hour for like a quarter. So I ended up <laughs> taking all of their money, like their little girl savings accounts to the store to go you buy myself horrible. a Game Boy Advance. Hey, hey, it's okay, man. I, I, this is capitalism. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. Um, but yeah, I got that, and then I got Super Mario Advance with it, which was just Super Mario Brothers too. But you, know, you can't have it as well. Well, you can't have a new Nintendo system without a remake. Uh, I think uh, I actually the Game Boys. I was I only ever really got the Pokemon. Like my first Game Boy was the Pokemon Red, and then GB. The Game Boy Advance, uh, I remember I was actually in the hospital at the time, and I was a kid, and what they had the, that charity that comes in and says, oh, you know, you can ask for something. And they were like, whatever you do, you have to ask for something. You can't say no. You can't say, oh, skip me or something. So I'm like, I feel guilty, but I want, to, I want like, a Game Boy Advance SP, and, like, I believe it was, um, Sapphire. Uh, Ruby Sapphire? Sapphire. So I go to Cobalt SP and, uh, Sapphire. And, uh, that was, that was how I picked it up. And, uh, the SP was amazing. I loved it. I loved the GBA SP. I'm like, I love the clamshell. I love the fact that it's so small when you hold it down. It's in the pocket. You can play it one-handed. It's, it's such a great piece of design. I only just recently, like within the last year or two, I uh, picked up a proper backlighting on it. Um, yeah, I couldn't afford to get an SP during. Micro, wow, I got to play, um, remember, uh, Windy Man from, uh, you, do you guys remember Windy Man from the site? Mm. Uh, I got to play his micro, like, one time when we were down at E3, and he had it, and I was, like, playing it, and I was playing, like, what is it, Dark Micro Games or something on it? Those, like, those, like, really indie pixel games, and it was amazing, and I was, like, I had, like, it's, like, one of the few times in my life when I was, like, I have, like, techno lust for, like, this piece of hardware. And Michael's, I really wish I'd bought one of them. Oh, wow. I mean, they're, I, they're just a GBA in a tiny form, and it's like no one really needs it. But then again, it's so compact. Oh, wow. And I don't know. It's just, it's really, really neat. Yeah. Yeah, they are, they are cool. Um, they're pretty cool. Mm. It's kind of crazy. Uh, the on the Wikipedia page here, it says that the Game Boy Advance sold around eighty-one million units. Um, that was as of June thirtieth, uh, twenty ten. So they sold a lot of units. It's probably sold a lot since <laughs> then. Twenty <laughs> ten. That's like it. nine years after. <laughs> probably a lot of resale. Um, when did they stop? It's hard to probably around two thousand and seven, I would imagine, because um, there were still there were still games coming out for in like two thousand six, two thousand seven. They probably closed it down around two thousand seven, two thousand eight, I imagine. Um, Yeah, the micro. My sister bought one on clearance for really cheap. Oh wow! And she had a DS, so I was like, "Why did you buy this?" Like, and then I was like, "Can I have it?" <laughs> and then, like years later, we were moving, and my cousin was in town, and he's a little older than me, uh, but we have really similar interests. Like, I actually just saw him recently, and he's like a system collector now, mm -hmm. and like amiibo collector. Like, cool dude. <laughs> um, but my sister gave him the Game Boy Micro, 
and I found this out like years later, and I was like, oh, that was mine. That was gonna be my heirloom. You were gonna Betrayal. leave that to me when you died, <laughs> and you gave Betrayal it away. Time. I'm really sad, but I guess it's only right. I had an SP, um, kind of right when they came out, and I loved it. It was the most beautiful thing in the whole world. It was red, and for some reason, Nintendo sent me like a coupon where I got like five dollars off or something. It felt so special. <laughs> um, and then I was a little kid. I fell asleep with it in my pocket, and I peed on it. I peed on it, and it's it was ruined. I was so sad. So I didn't have an SP. Um, and then my sister lent me hers. Well, I kind of took it from her, demanded it. And then it got stolen along with my original copy of Tetris. So that's oh. two SPs that I lost. And here's the third one, my best friends sitting on my desk refusing to charge. Uh, I'm sorry, man. So I have bad luck with SPs. I, uh, but that, that same cobalt blue SP with, uh, with with a Pokemon Sapphire in where I put in hours and hours with like you know, my, my teens living. I left that on um on a on the 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 light rail streetcar. You know, like uh the Muni here. Not a bus but like light rail transit. And uh that was the end of that. It's just I that's a part of me I'll never get back. I I, I have fear of like leaving things on on buses and and uh, subways now. I've lost a couple things that way, and it just hurts too much. Never run out of one, you know. Check all your pockets, because you never know what you're going to leave behind. original Game Boy Advance could run on just two AA batteries, AA batteries, like, and it's just kind of crazy to think, like, you know, like, years later that um, a, a much more powerful system was running on just two AA batteries. Well, uh, I think that was still the, the wonderful, the times when Nintendo could dictate the pace at which technology advanced, because the Game Boy Advance mm. was not backlit. And it was colored, but it was colored like 10 years after the first colored system came out. So everything the Game Boy Advance did could have been done 10 years earlier, right? With like the links and the, and the Game Gear did it before. It's just with four they, times as many batteries. Yeah. Six double A's. Oh my god, and that's like four. Ah. Uh, and, and so it's, I think, I think that's a, I think that's a real interesting like fact because it's like, points out Nintendo's preferred pace of technolo- of like power consumption progress. You know? Because like when, when we got into like the the Wii PS3 360 generation, all of a sudden Sony and Microsoft started like hitting the hitting mm. the gas on like how hardware should like guzzle power and like race to the bleeding edge and, you know, that's where we should live. Whereas Nintendo was like but uh, we want our technology to, you know, proceed at a slower pace yeah. and um, and use less power and be smaller and be cheaper and all that yeah. stuff. So it's, I think that's, uh, it is a, thinking back, I'm like, wow, that actually is perfectly in line with, like, Nintendo's behavior. The fact that they, everything the GBA did could have been done probably 10, 8, 6 years before, but Nintendo was probably like, that takes too much battery power. We don't want to do it, you know. And like, like you, Carmine, uh, um, I only originally got a Game Boy Pocket because I got like wildly into Pokemon, so I needed a Game Boy at that point. I was like, I need a Game Boy. It took me like six months to save Pokemon, but 
anyway. Um, yeah, but so with the game, game Boy Advance, I like I was sort of into like fully into like video games at that point because like as a younger kid, I had a Mega Drive and I played it, but like I wasn't like hugely into games. <laughs> like I didn't got lots of games or like read about. It. it wasn't until Pokemon that I slowly started like getting into like the more like the magazines and like Nintendo and like I got a like hooked on hooked on it all. So that's why I picked up the Game Boy Advance like pretty much straight away it was like thing and uh i remember going to check it out at like a local shop and i was like oh man the cartridges are so small it feels like i'll break them or something but now they look like impressive to me for some reason i was like hugely impressed by the sizes of the cartridges they are they are because i mean at the time we were comparing them to 64 cartridges and cd discs and game boy games and these were small they're still diminutive you know, they're only, I don't, I don't have them right now, but they were like, what, 2DS, 2DS cards? Yeah. Uh, roughly? Yeah. Yeah. And about one DS card high, probably, just maybe a bit taller. Yeah, that's, that's still pretty small. Now, I remember the first time I saw one, someone asked in Nintendo Power uh, what size they were in, like, the, the mail, and they printed, a, a, like, a picture of an actual, like, <laughs> this is the actual size, yeah, and I remember it was the F-Zero. And I've never played F Zero, but I guess I have that game on my 3DS now. But maximum velocity, something like that. Yeah, the launch one. And it was right there, and I was like, "Wow, that's tiny." Um, but going back to Mario Kart Super Circuit for a sec, like, I think it's a very challenging game. And once you, th it's very, like, fun and rewarding to, to beat the computer in that game. Haven't been, like, brought back since. Like, you can drop red shells and leave them as mines. Outrun red shells. You can outrun spinies. Um, there's, like, all these little, little tricks you can do to, like, that are, like, sort of higher higher levels of play. You can dodge the blue shell in other games, but it's like, not really, like, they didn't really intend top speed of coins from the coins, and you don't slow down at all, like, if you don't drop your speed behind you and follow you until you finish the race. And it's possible to do that, so. So yeah, that's, and that's really tense, because wait, if you've got like a spiny following you for like a, a, a whole lap of a track or something, um, you just like waiting for don't drop the speed, don't drop the speed. I beat both of them when I was a kid, and it's the story is all right. Kind of the big thing is, it, like Nick said, it's beautiful. And then there are these four like lighthouses throughout the world, and if they light all four of them, then it'll unleash like magic to everyone. Then everyone will have magic. Um, and right now, just like select people have magic. So in the first game, you're trying to stop the people that are doing that, and then in the second game, you pick up as your friends that got kidnapped by the bad guys and they continue on the quest anyways and then you meet up with the people from the first one and they join your party and you go and you do that and it's just neat and interesting um the story is kind of basic uh you go to a lot of the same like towns like that you would expect it's nothing too crazy but it's cool that they did that with the two different games where you switch perspective halfway through
Yeah, it always seemed so... The value proposition of that was always like the value proposition of VHS, where you spend $20 and you get one or two episodes. And it's like, wow, but there's like, how many episodes of this cartoon out? This is going to bankrupt me. But it was like, it is kind of Im- impressive, because I think that company that worked on the compression technology ended up still working for Nintendo. Like, they became like a... Oh, what? A, what a division of Nintendo what or something. Was that? Um, something I can't cool. remember. A compression that was also in like other GBA games and stuff. Uh, like they ended up becoming the company that, like the Final Fantasy games and all that, used that sort of compression tech. Um, I think yeah, they're still around. Uh, I'd have to look into it more, but I'm pretty certain that's the general gist of what happened. Um, and kind of like amazing that like. They compressed like full movies onto the GBA video cartridge. So they had Shrek and they had Shrek 2 full movies. Uh, <laughs> like, and like two hours of, or okay, maybe like yeah, 90 minutes of video. So yeah, um, I actually was like, the way I got Pokemon Sapphire as well, I was in like a, like a competition in Australia. Um, it was like a competition you went down to and competed in po- like Pokemon Sapphire event. Selected to go down and um, start, the way they set up, you, you basically everyone started playing the game, then every hour they were tallying. So you had to keep doing like successive rounds like all day. I think I got up to like fourth or fifth round or something and I was kicked out because my I took a wrong turn in Pokemon Sapphire and got stuck I didn't know where to go because like my tech one of my techniques was just to dump the Pokemon that I'd been playing with and catch like higher leveled ones <laughs> and I got stuck behind something but that was that was really fun and um that event is actually on Nintendo World Report's website uh we had a write-up from someone in 2003 <laughs> That's like that's like serious like wizard stuff. Were they were were they like were they like? <laughs> what were you doing? Were you there with like a power glove and were you like so bad? It was cool. Were they like ten year old prodigies like competing? There were like ten year olds there. Obviously, like there was yeah. <laughs> Um, they also had like you know it was like a big thing so they had like giveaways like there's like a there was like a crowd of people and they had like hosts from like a local like Australian cartoon like TV show hosts and they were like throwing wave birds into the crowd and um, you could have you could there was like GameCube set up where you could play like demo promotional event basically and it was like a week before a few days before Ruby and Sapphire launched in Australia. Um, so that's how I got Sapphire. If I, I probably wouldn't have been able to like get Sapphire for like ages. Wait, everybody in the competition got Sapphire. Yeah, they they gave you the game that you're playing with. Yeah. Oh my god! You yeah, already you win. Other, they gave you a goodie bag when. You- I do wonder, what do you guys think if um, if the Nintendo DS never happened, say the PSP never happened, the Nintendo DS, like, they weren't forced to do the DS, do you think New Super Mario Brothers would have been a game for the Game Boy Advance? Like, they, they'd run out of Mario games at that, like, at that point. Do you think that was their whole plan along? They were going to release all the old Mario games and then do an original one, but that was they ended the, up shifting the, that no, to the no, DS. No, no, I heard that was the goal of New Super Mario Brothers was, they wanted to make another Super Mario Advance game, but they had run out of games to re-release, so they just made a new one. Mm. Um, but apparently that's, like, official. Yeah. I don't remember where I heard that.
Um, yeah, so the GBA, one last point about the GBA I was thinking about the other day is um, it's probably the last time that the graphical fidelity of, like, a handheld was, like, kind of magical and, like, super impressive. Like, it's, like, you could you went from, like, 8-bit, 8-bit Game Boy and Game Boy Color to, like, these Super Nintendo graphics and it seemed like magic like how did they get these graphics onto this little screen like even like game reviewers at the time were like going oh it's so impressive that we've got like a link to the past in the palm of our hands now and it's like people were just impressed about that yeah i mean it's so silly but like i used to like get like amazed by like some graphical effect like really simple graphical effects in games like when i was playing sapphire i walked over a puddle and i had my reflection in the puddles like oh my god there's like a reflection in the puddles <laughs> i think i think i think maybe to your point nick that's that's why the gba can still surprise you because it it exists in like a, a realm of 2d sprite-based animation where you if that's your starting point for every game you can be surprised by little touches because it almost seems like they actually put that detail into there. Whereas if you go to 3D, you start expecting a 3D world with with the laws and physics of a 3D world. Whereas if you're going to something that's like hand-drawn, like if you look at a hand-drawn movie, it's like, wow, you know, somebody drew that leaf, you know, floating in the wind. So even a simple thing like what what is what we take for granted in a 3D game, like particle effects, in a in a two D game, it just seems I think a little bit more special where you're not where you don't go in and you expect everything to be like detailed up the wazoo. No, I do think that the Game Boy Advance Pokemon games I think the Game Boy Advance Pokemon games are perfect and I'm really upset that they left that graphical style. Like I didn't really, they just evolved it. No, now you're taller and you're like a crappy 3d model okay well the the 3ds the 3ds games yeah, right. yeah they, they're that was ugly i hate them i hate them so much they make me so angry because i love pokemon but then i hate pokemon like i'm so confused inside but, but you can customize your clothes now no you That's can't so cool. no you can't you used to be able to customize your clothes but then they took that away and now you have to be brandon yeah, or may yeah, alpha sapphire but i'm just upset because the original Pokemon games had a definite art style, and then the Game Boy Advance ones were an improvement on that. But then after that, they would redefine it every time. Yeah. You know, in Diamond and Pearl, they introduced really, really like crappy 3D models of buildings, and then that kind mm. of in in black and white, they kind of fixed it a little. But your character looked really weird; it wasn't the same dimensions as the original ones. And then yeah. in X and Y, we just have, like, these tall, ugly 10-year-olds that walk around looking like Bratz dolls with their big heads. And it's just, <laughs> I don't know, it it loses so much charm because it's just another crappy 3D model. If you'd like to send an email um, about some of your Game Boy Advance memories, we would like to, you know, read. we might read them out on the show on the start of the next episode. That'll be really good. And speaking of the next episode, it will be all about the original Pokemon uh, Generation 1 game, so red, blue, or yellow. So if anyone wants to throw in their copy of the game and reminisce for a little bit, um, you can also send us in some, some emails about that as well, and we'll cover that in the segment on the next show. Um, I've been playing Pokemon Yellow. Um, I think Adam's been playing Blue version. Yeah. And this is my first time playing Blue. I've played Red at least a dozen times, and I've played Yellow a couple times, but this is my first time playing Blue. And let me tell you, it is a change. <laughs> <laughs> blue version's better. Blue version's different. better. Oh, that is no, incorrect. No, I always buy not the true. Wait, not I true. I can't find a sand true. 
I always buy the second the second like named thing on the Pokemon games. Like ever since Blue has become a tradition, I'll always get like Sapphire or like Silver or um what is it? Pearl, um white. I always get the second um thing in Lion for some reason. It's like a tradition now. Nope. It's because you're living out there in the second world. <laughs> oh. uh, Sorry, I'm sure Australia's really nice. That was, that was harsh. We have... um, but yeah, send your listener ma- mail. If it's actually a requirement, if you want to listen to our show, <laughs> yeah. you have to send us mail at some point. So uh, we're going to find you. We have, I think we have like a list of names and addresses and stuff, and we're going to start writing you guys. <laughs> 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 so that's why I'm soliciting uh, the topic here, uh, GBA memories, or you know, talk about Pokemon uh, Generation One. So we've narrowed it down to a topic for you. So you have no excuses. <laughs> All right. So um, yeah, that's about it. So thanks, guys, for joining me this episode again. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, thank you for having us. It's okay. So, all right, everyone, thanks for listening, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks with the episode all about Pokemon. See ya. Bye. In the wonderful world of Pokemon. Are you a boy or a girl? <laughs> Great shot! I can, I can almost be Professor Oak from, like, Pokemon Snap. Great shot!